Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're finding a new spring in our step with Victory Gear's Drew Archiolo. Drew's father invented the Victory insole in 2015 as the world's first carbon fiber performance insole and the only true energy returning insoles on the market. Since then, Drew joined the family business as director of marketing and has overseen a massive growth in revenue profit, not to mention vertical leap. This podcast shows us the path to D2C victory and catches us up on Drew's biggest takeaways from C-Suite Mastermind, you'll hear why you've probably actually seen Victory's viral video but didn't even know it was them, how Drew's thinking about reaching the mothers of athletes with Ryan McKenzie's concept of the child-to-parent customer life cycle, as well as how Vessi's Tony Yu's concept of saturation and triggers have changed his paid social strategy. I hope you enjoy this one. On with the show. Every direct-to-consumer marketer will agree 10 times over, authenticity is the only thing that's working and delivering in paid social especially. All TikTok is, is the takeover of authenticity. I've realized how important good content is versus just putting a big name on an app. You're a basketball player in high school. There's a trainer you're following for tips and drills. What he says is a good product is going to carry more weight than Tracy McGrady, who is clearly getting paid, but you know is also still endorsing the product and uses it every day. Just because that trainer is where you get your information, your knowledge, and your drills from, you're more likely to say, okay, what he says is going to help me get better is probably true. Wrong size, wrong color, didn't look right in the living room? There are hundreds of reasons your customers return products, but returns don't have to be goodbyes. They can be an opportunity to complete the shopping experience. Built exclusively for Shopify, Loop lets you create a delightful return experience to attract and retain more customers. By making it easy for your customers to find products they love, they'll come back again and again. See why thousands of Shopify brands like Allbirds, Chubbies, and Brooklinen trust Loop as their return partner at loopreturns.com slash DTC. Drew, welcome to the D2C podcast. I'm happy to reconnect with you after C-Suite in Victoria. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for, for having me. I'm excited to be here. It was awesome to connect with you in Victoria. You were uh, one of our hot seats along with Brian, the podcast that just happened uh, a week ago. So we're really excited to kind of dive back in and see if any of the things that we talked about, you know, that you've been able to, to, to implement yet. But first of all, for the audience who didn't get to hang out with you for two and a half days in Victoria, can you tell me a little bit about why you built Victory Gear? Sure. So um, funny enough, actually, my father is the inventor of the product. He's a certified podorthist. So what that means is he creates custom orthotics and he specializes in the biomechanics of the foot and was, was asked actually back in 2005 to help the Olympic bobsled team up in Lake Placid, New York with their orthotics so they could have more arch support, comfort and stability coming off the blocks. But they had actually asked him, is there any way you can help us run faster? The first 40 steps of this race are the most crucial part of the race what can you do for us uh, to help us run faster? And he had been tinkering with carbon fiber at the time and, and carbon fiber prosthetics and all this stuff. And, he, you know, he's just a tinkerer. He's a kind of a genius in, in that way. He's a savant, we call him. But um, he decided to put carbon fiber underneath their orthotics. And sure enough, uh, in the 2010 Olympics, they won gold for the first time in over 60 years. So I think that's when he realized, him and my mom, they realized they have a special product. Um, and started the company about uh, around 2015 and 
you know, it's been a family business since, and now we're growing it. We have a CEO and a board and investors. So uh, it's, it's grown and become quite the entity at this point. And how long have you been the director of marketing for? My title changed probably about eight months ago, but uh, we actually have, it's been a void that's been needed to be filled for over a year and a half. So I've, I've really taken up the, the role that I'm in now uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer than that. Can you describe the positioning that you have with Victory Gear, like the brand market positioning? Yeah, it's really unique. We've kind of paved our own uh, industry performance insoles, right? A lot of people, when they think of insoles, they think of uh, foam or plastic, you know, Dr. Scholl's, Superfeet, whatever, you know, arch support, very stagnant and, and supportive industry. It's been the same for decades. Um, so we've paved uh, a new industry of, of carbon fiber performance insoles and energy returning insoles that are dynamic and provide more out of what you put in. So it's a unique position. There's no one else doing what we're doing. So we're kind of educating along the way. We're also, you know, 70% of our customers have never worn insoles before or bought insoles over the counter or anything. So we're bringing people into the, the market, which is exciting, but, you know, we also have to justify a higher price point and uh, completely different value props along the way. What is the price point of the product? Yes, so we have the uh, gold insole, which is made of full-length aerospace grade carbon fiber, personalized to your sport and weight. That is 169 US dollars. And then our silver insoles, which is a carbon fiber blend, less personalized to the person wearing them, uh, they retail for $99. Very cool. How did you guys arrive? I guess this probably happened before you came around, if it was in 2015, but how was the price point arrived at? Um, first of all, it's, it's carbon fiber. It's uh, pre-preg aerospace grade carbon fiber. So not cheap to, to manufacture, of course. So carbon fiber in itself is an expensive material, but there's also certainly a stigma around carbon fiber and people understand that, you know, carbon fiber isn't cheap and what the, the insole provides is pretty special, not only in just performance, but also in injury protection, support, stability. You know, there's a lot that the insole provides for you. Um, and, and, you know, we, we knew that if we can educate all of that, um, that people would be able to elevate their standards for their insoles and, and meet us at that price point. And we've actually lowered our prices. We were at 199 up until this year. This is our first year at uh, 169. We were able to get our cost of goods down and, and we're able to pass on those savings to the consumer. Out of curiosity, how did that work when you made, did your conversion rates go up? Uh, you know, funny enough, it, it did. But uh, it's unfair for me to say it's apples to apples because we did reduce our, our ad spend this year. So, you know, of course, we're bringing less people in. The conversion rate rises up. So it's hard for us to say how much was due to price, but conversion rate is certainly up this year. So no, no arguing that. What has been the biggest lever for growth this year? Yeah, really identifying one audience. I think in years past, we were trying to be uh, a product for every athlete. You know, our silos were by sport and, and we done, we had done a decent job with messaging. But what we really did this year to get our consumer acquisition costs down was, hey, let's start with a, a certain message, find out what message works and what audience is attracted to that message and then build around that. Uh, so this year we worked with our media buying agency to figure out plain and simple jump higher is an attractive value prop to athletes. Now, what athletes are attracted to that. Well, of course, volleyball, basketball to start. There's football players who are interested, track runners. So 
uh, it was really just figuring out the messaging, what audience was, you know, resonating with it, and then kind of honing in there on a, with our marketing dollars. Very cool. Uh, soccer players, you got to they got to head that ball. They want to be above the other heads when they're heading the ball as well. Don't forget, soccer is growing. Yes, soccer soccer's a big market for us. I, I I failed to mention that, but soccer's a big one too. And so, really, just drilling in on those avatars with the creative, correct? Yep, absolutely. And also, something we weren't really doing very well in in the past was landing page optimization and cre- or conversion rate optimization as well. So. We were showing decent ads. You know, we had a, uh, a wonderful library of UGC and, and I, I'd say a pretty diverse group of avatars, but the landing pages just didn't speak to who was coming to the page. And as a result, conversion was hurting. Um, so it was kind of carrying over, you know, those well-performing avatars and, and putting them on the landing pages as well. Not separating though, probably not. You're not separating basketball from football from other foot-based sports. No, no, it's... Um, you know, we're speak. We're still speaking to those sports. Uh, of course, we still like in Google Shopping. If you come in from a basketball search term, you're going to go to a basketball landing page. But with with paid, in terms of paid media, paid social in, in particular, you know, if you're if you're just looking to jump higher or run faster, you know, you're going to find the messaging for you that you know you want to see. So funnel continuity works. Exactly. <laughs> go figure. Nice. <laughs> Back to the basics. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just curious. So we, you know, having you on on the hot seat there, we talked a little bit. One of the biggest challenges you mentioned was about who buys your product quite often, and uh, your your media message hitting uh, one audience on socials in some cases. So a lot of younger uh, teens and and Gen Z and millennials, all that. But in a lot of cases, it's often it's moms who buy these products or parents who buy these products. Have you had any success in kind of reaching? Uh, more into the the household budget holders? Yeah, um, it's a topic that gets covered in every marketing meeting um, is is who is incentivizing the purchase? Uh, Is it mom and dad who are looking out for the child's injury protection? Um, Of course, they want to see them elevate their performance, but uh, they're certainly more interested in keeping their their child on the field and, and safe, whereas the kid is usually interested in the performance aspect, running faster, jumping higher. And, and you know, the way, the way we've, we've kind of figured out, and, and I would say CPA has been the leading indicator for this, what's exciting to the kids is going to catch on. Um, you know, of course, we, we are always going to focus messaging on, on the parents, the, the purchaser, but the kids in, in, with our organic social media, they're the ones interacting with our posts um, our shoe flip video in particular, which has been viewed almost 100 million times across all channels. So excitement first, right? And, and, and Ryan McKenzie actually said this at, at Hot Seat is build excitement first to a child like, like it's a child and then justify the purchase uh, when they graduate to an adult and then you know hit them with the 90 day money back guarantee as a parent, right? So it's kind of uh, curating that. So it's excitement first with you know, fun videos of people jumping higher and shoes flying in the air. And then when the parents come to the website, they see that this is a responsible purchase to make for their child and, and an investment really in their child. Right. I, I really like that. And uh, it's good bringing up the consumer life cycle that Ryan spoke about at C-suite. Uh, describe a little bit about that viral video you mentioned, because I think I think that's worth it's funny because I think there were several people in the audience, myself included, who'd actually seen this viral video on TikTok before before meeting you. Yeah, so anyone uh, that hasn't seen or isn't familiar with it, I'll I'll pin it on our TikTok at Team Victory. It's 
it's been viewed a few million times on TikTok alone, but uh, it's actually my dad on a football field. Uh, and he's just saying, he's actually just sitting there on his knees and you see him like bend his shoe and nothing happens to the shoe. Um, and then he takes the victory insole, he puts it in the shoe, he bends it again with a lot of force, but still bending it to kind of demonstrate a, a foot bending before running or jumping. It flies up and it hits the goalpost. So it, it shoots up, you know, 10 plus feet in the air. It's, it's just a really exciting, eye-catching demonstration uh, that, you know, has really helped the brand take off. And, and it's a really simple way to just demonstrate how exciting our product is. So yeah, it's 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 funny you say that you know you had seen it but you weren't you weren't familiar with the brand you and other people in in the audience at the time. So uh, the one problem with that video back in 2019 was uh, it, it had been viewed you know 80 million times plus, but no one had really resonated with the brand. You know, no one kind of knew the victory video; they knew the shoe flip video. So uh, we learned our lesson there. It wasn't a, a horrible lesson to learn, but. You know, we, we started putting our logo pretty prominently everywhere else after. I think so, some people said it, we should have had an end card, but, you know, who knows at this point, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's just interesting because I saw it and it's like people saw it more as uh, entertainment value, but I don't know that I even connected that A, it was a product or B, that my current shoes, I know, I guess it does because it shows you what your current shoes are doing. It does show that there is this better option. So at least you're seeding the idea that, whoa, maybe I should be trying to return more energy to my step. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. And, and, and really the, the beauty of, of TikTok, especially, which is where most of our organic traffic is coming in now. Um, the beauty of that is you can surround that video, which is fun and, and actually usually will have like trending audios and, you know, a certain text, but you can surround that with other videos of people in, in the comments, other people trying the product and, and showing you that it's a real product. It does help you jump higher. It's backed by science, warned by top professional athletes. So you can really surround these entertaining videos. Like you say that you're just kind of like, wow, that's really cool. Um, you know, maybe at the time you're not thinking of the what or the why, um, you can surround it. You really put your whole social ecosystem around that with, you know, all your UGC and, and, uh, polished videos. It must be interesting. You know, you're in a space where you have a lot of influencers naturally built in sporting influencers. I guess there's certain limitations on college influencers and things like that, but what, what's been the most successful thing you've done with, uh, with influencers, with the brand? Sure. So, um, you know, it's bifold. You know, we have our, our credible, well-known athletes we can put on our website and, and in advertising that are, you know, the, the big names in football, the big names in basketball. Like I mentioned to you, Tracy McGrady is an endorser of the product or Jonathan Taylor, Julio Rodriguez, these big names that the kids can see and, and they say, OK, like they're endorsing it. It has to be a real product. But I would say that's only maybe 30 percent of the formula. The other 70 percent is content creators. And, and I've realized how important good content is versus uh, just putting a big name on, a, on an ad, you know, and you, you look at you're a basketball player in high school. There's a trainer on basketball that you're following for tips and drills. You know, what he says is a good product is going to carry more weight than uh, Tracy McGrady, who is clearly getting paid, but, you know, is also still endorsing the product and uses it every day. Just because that trainer is where you get your information, your knowledge, and your drills from, you're more likely to say, okay, you know, what, what he says is going to help me get better is probably true. So we've definitely really invested in that, in that area the last few years. 
It's a really interesting point too. It's funny, and I just saw a TikTok on, it was a post about social media and the flip about influencers that hap- that's happening between millennials and Gen Z, where a Gen Z can just smell that inauthenticity that's just the celebrity without the story and that there is this real flip to where the real story, the real authenticity matters way more than whether you're a Kardashian or even, even a pro athlete if it's not that raw authenticity. I think uh, every uh, marketer, every direct-to-consumer marketer will, will agree 10 times over that authenticity is the only thing that's working and delivering in paid social especially. Someone actually just in a meeting maybe last week was like, all, all TikTok is, is the takeover of authenticity and real people doing, you know, real things. You know, you see interactions that you wouldn't have. You see people, you know, going on the street and saying, you know, like, are you happy? Right. And it's, it's just like really raw, emotional things, interactions that happen every day. TikTok is just delivering you that content versus like, I think people were a little over inundated on Instagram and Facebook with the, um, you know, the, the celebrity they see on TV pushing another product on them or looking like their life is perfect in Milan, right? It's, it's really just the, the takeover of authenticity. iOS 14.5, the infamous Apple update left D2C brands struggling to find and market to the right audiences. That's why hundreds of D2C brands are turning to Black Crow AI to boost their holiday marketing. Their plug-and-play machine learning technology measures in real time every visitor's likelihood to buy. You can then use these predictions to build predictive audiences for retargeting and prospecting. In short, Black Crow AI can significantly boost ROAS by helping you specifically target people who will actually want to buy from you. Find out why brands like Magic Spoon, Barabee, and Liquid IV are using Black Crow AI to supercharge their holiday marketing efforts. Visit blackcrow.ai slash DTC to request a 30-day free trial. So you mentioned UGC, you you mentioned authenticity being the currency when it comes to creative. Um, But when you've got a product that's like a category creator that has this really high price point, what does your creative mix look like in order to achieve that education? You know, is it mostly UGC at this point? Do you also have like educational landing pages? Like how does does that actually work? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, The content that you see as your first impression of the brand is exciting and it's bold. And it's probably, I, I would imagine if I was on the flip side, I would say unbelievable. It's, it's like almost too good to be true. And, and that, I think we understand that's the first step toward a purchase. And it's totally fine to be skeptical. If you go to our website on any page, you will find, you know, user reviews, user generated content, uh, blogs, PR. I think just the best practices that you hear every day, I mean, are really important for us because, we're not selling a, a new shirt, a comfortable shirt. We're not selling something that's been around for decades and is a consumer staple. You know, we're selling something that is, again, unbelievable. And so, you know, like you said, it, it, a lot of our content has to be not from us. <laughs> it has to be from real people. And, and actually, it's the best performing content we have is people's reaction immediately after they try the product for the first time, the, the eyes popping and, you know, they, you see them like bounce up and down like this because they, they're just feeling more bouncy. You know, getting that reaction, getting that raw emotion is I think the key to having someone understand that this product is what it claims to be. 
I could see we talked about it on day three, but the, you know, the pilot house third party branding method, I could imagine down, you know, as you grow, potentially having, even just having other performance athletic sites review you and, and putting out that content as well. But that idea of using a landing page that was more of a, a third party brand could be interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're eager to try that. Um, you mentioned earlier that the way you think about, you know, how you're going to grow has a lot to do with just expanding the brand awareness. You you put an estimate of around around f- you have about five percent penetration in your target markets in terms of brand awareness. What are your biggest ideas for increasing market share brand awareness? Yeah, um, Tony, you from Vessi really inspired me to find find the formula for scaling, or at least take a crack at a form at this formula for scaling, but creating that social flywheel and, and word of mouth and initiating word of mouth marketing and incentivizing word of mouth marketing is, is the plan. You know, I think three months ago, I would have told you just putting more money into meta or TikTok is the way, but the ideas we're, we're putting into place now, the goal of them is to own mindshare when people think about performing better. And uh, it's much easier said than done, but you know, every basketball, we think every basketball player, every football player, every soccer player in the world should be wearing our insoles because they're objectively better for your performance and injury protection. So if we can surround their social groups with mostly influencers and, you know, credible third party brand uh, reviews, you know, they're going to say, OK, these insoles are, are everywhere. Everyone's wearing these. They have an advantage over me, you know, quote unquote you know, okay, I, I need a pair. I need to try them for myself. Um, so I see that as, as uh, you know, finding ways to get people to talk about our product and share our product. And it started with as simple as just putting a share button in our cart, you know, and before purchase, like we're seeing a lot of people sharing that they have our product in their cart and, yeah. and making like sure. You guys are in product. trouble now. You're all in trouble yeah. now. I got, yeah. I got these. Exactly. And playing into that, that these are a competitive advantage. And you know, I actually, I put up uh, an ad or a TikTok that that was like, athletes, should these be banned? You know, and it got crazy traction because it just plays into that emotion of like, you know, we're, we're, we know it's it's a um, people argue about whether our product should be legal or not, which it, it, it is legal and should be legal. But we know that that plays on into their emotions a little bit and it creates dialogue. And that dialogue is what you know, we need to have, I think it's something like 70% of dialogue still happens off the internet. And so it's like, how do you take advantage of that? And what I've learned, especially from Tony, but from other people as well is triggers. And, and so one, one way that we're creating triggers is we're starting to review shoes. And like, for example, we just posted a review of Crocs based on how high they flip with our insoles in them. And so next time someone sees a pair of Crocs, I want them to say, did you see that company that flipped a pair of Crocs 70 inches in the air or five feet in the air, six feet in the air? And, you know, that's that's my goal is to like, how do I create triggers for people to start talking about our product? And that's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. Tony spoke about owning the rain, right? When in, when it rains in the West Coast, you think about your dry feet you get with your Vessies. Super Cinder, I'm really glad you brought Crocs into it because of the other person who came who had a DJ name, which was DJ Sport Mode, which was the what when you put... So she's branded now. Every single time I put my Sport Mode on in my Crocs, I think of her. And so she's, she's, she has triggered me in, in that way as well. So the... I love it. The I love it. Yeah, those, those triggers, man. And... and and another point is like uh, someone had said, 
you know, make it a social currency to talk about your product, make it seem like you're in the know when you talk about your product. And so how do you get people to talk about your product and make it look good for themselves, right? And and because no one wants to be the death of the party, everyone wants to be the life of the party. And so how do you translate your product into being the the life of the party's conversation topic? And and so I don't think I have the answer to that, but I think it's something to work toward. And you also have the FOMO thing going for you, right? Because it's like they're literally performance enhancing. It's a performance, it's a legal performance enhancing product. So it's like, does he have them? Does he have them? You know, like if if you don't have them, you're you're missing out potentially. You're spot on. Yep. I was thinking about like the way you could you build out from the insole. Maybe eventually you build a shoe if you can do it quick enough. I hear Adidas has an opening. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, we're we're worried about the insole part right now, but um, yeah, of course, you know, we've talked about the sneaker part and you know, make it a complete victory shoe or powered by victory. You know, it's certainly uh, you know down the line it could be a conversation, but right now it's like. Let's let's just replace everyone's foam insoles in their in their shoes. I love it. Well, maybe your dad can tinker, uh, continue to tinker on uh, on all sides there. Um, he's he's tinkering with anything and everything, shoes, you know, insoles, footwear. I was just looking back on your on your LinkedIn here, and was just looking at like your your athletic background. I can tell you're an athletic person, obviously. What, to what degree are you still involved in athletics, and how has athletics shaped your entrepreneurial career besides providing the subject matter? Sure. Yeah. So I was a uh, division one baseball player here in Connecticut at a small school called Fairfield University. Uh, it was you know, an awesome experience. We were a competitive program. Um, sports were my life growing up. I, I was, you know, I identified with sports and, and uh, Rob Fraser from Outway said the same thing with him and cycling is, you know, your identity is, is your sport. And so it certainly is awesome in, in terms of, you know, building a, a routine and being super competitive and, and all the cliches you hear about athletes when it translates to business. You know, I, I, I think I, I, I benefit from all of that. Um, but the problem is you also like once it's over and, and, you know, I was unable to get that professional opportunity that I was hopeful for my whole life. You kind of were like, okay, now what, you know, it's, I've been, you know, so focused on this sport for so long and perfecting this craft. And now it's like gone. And of course I don't regret a single part of that, but, but now you're like kind of left, you know, you didn't have any internships because you were playing all summer in between years at school and uh, it's tough. And so this has allowed me to, not only do I identify with our, our consumer so well, it's like, you know, I know exactly what these kids are going through and I can speak their language, which is, you know, I think crucial to me being the one that's interacting with them at all these uh, content opportunities. And uh, especially just over Instagram DMs, I'm the one talking with all the athletes. I'm so close to the consumer, I think because I've identified with them so uh, so long. But also, you know, I've, I've been able to take what I wanted as an athlete and put it into our marketing. I wanted so much of that competitive advantage and to perfect my performance because, you know, your body can only take you so far, right? Workouts are, are great and crucial, but it's also like, what's, you know, what's the gear, you know? And, and the way I look at our insoles now with athletes is, and I use this reference at C-Suite, imagine a hockey player without a carbon fiber hockey stick. If a, 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 you could be the best hockey player, but if you still have that wood stick, you may still be one of the best hockey players. Like I'd imagine that Ovechkin with a wood hockey stick is still Ovechkin, but 
you need that, you know, it, it, you just need the better technology to compete. And, and so our insoles are no different than a, a carbon fiber hockey stick versus a wood hockey stick. So that's where my mind goes. And it, it certainly translates to a lot of our marketing efforts. Got to become ubiquitous, just become the obvious choice, right? You'll look, we could look back and just shudder at the thing. We used to waste so much energy transfer with every footfall. Got it. Exactly. You, you were talking about this in the pre-interview, but what was the biggest challenge uh, when you returned home from attending C-Suite? Oh, uh, prioritizing. Uh, there was just so many ideas. I spoke with so many really smart people who had so many amazing ideas. It was like, you know, we'd be getting drinks after Mastermind and someone would come up to me and be like, hey, I actually have like a couple ideas. I would run and grab my notebook and I would just start writing, you know, their ideas that they had for our brand. So prioritizing and, and coming back to my team, I, I had a presentation for our team and, and here's what we should be doing and here's the way we should be looking at things and here's how we can delegate the work to, to reach this goal. So uh, I learned a lot in terms of not only what I was going to be doing, but also how I was going to be implementing these new ideas and strategies. Um, so this has been a, a great experience, not only, you know, just meeting everyone, but also how I can better prioritize and delegate. I love it. And the ongoing community. I'm just like, we got the, we got the little, uh, little chat up going when people just troubleshooting ideas. It's, it's just been a, a really rewarding community to build. And I can't wait to keep, uh, bringing people like you to, to Victoria and, and all around the world. But I got one last question. Uh, I'm curious uh, where, you're, where you're at with it, it now. If we were to give you $50,000 for your marketing budget, where would you, even like heading into Q4, where would you be putting it to see the biggest impact? Uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to say uh, influencers because I am really bullish on like the right influencer speaking to your product with the right audience and the right content. I think there's few things more powerful than that. Uh, I would give it to uh, the best creative agency I could find. I would hand them about uh, maybe 50 hours of raw footage from our video shoots these last four years. And I would tell them to go find the gold, go find the, uh, the interactions and the stuff in between the juicy parts where we're talking about how great these insoles are. Find me the, the little parts in between where people are making funny comments and there's just the things that are going to go viral on organic TikTok that people want to see and organic reels. Uh, I would I would give it to someone who knows how to uh, to find those interactions that are special on social media. That right there is the magic. That really is that secret sauce of finding those things. There's so many things you'll watch on TikTok and be like, why the hell did I even just watch that? Like you don't even know what it was, but it has 200,000 views, but it has some kind of authenticity that isn't immediately understandable. And then there's that ability to frame that stuff into memes and into into trends and into soundtracks and kind of things like that. And I think that I think that would be a really valuable use with all of this investment that you've already made into this footage. Yeah, no, you're spot on. I mean, there's a reason videos of people just walking up to strangers in New York City or LA or whatever city are just going viral because people just want to see what the people they walk by every day are like and what they think like and how they speak and, you know, their perspective on life. It's just, you know, again, like you said, it's it's just finding authenticity in day to day interactions that people want to see. So. Uh, yeah, if I had $50,000, I'd tell someone to go find all of that in our Dropbox because, again, there is so much that is just untapped and is probably incredibly valuable to our brand. 
Well, I have migrated these insoles to my ball hockey shoes and can confirm that uh, I have an increased spring in my step and a, a good another 10 kilometers on my slap shot. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Thanks for the pair. Yeah, you got it, man. Enjoy and uh, let me know if you need another one. Real quick, do you, I know you're you're on some? Do you have if if anyone in our audience wanted to reach out, uh, do you have a, a social media handle you'd like to drop? Sure. So you can reach me personally uh, on Twitter at Drewarciolo, uh, Drew A R C I U O L O. It'll probably be spelled out on the title of this, but uh, and then you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Team Victory V K T R Y. Um, you can reach out to any of the DMs there. I'm I'm the guy on them, so. I'll, Get back to you as soon as I can. <laughs> nice, Drew. This was awesome. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Maybe, maybe at our next mastermind. Sounds good. I'm planning on it. Thank you for having me, Eric. Seriously, this was awesome. A lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.